Hello and welcome to Headcanon. I'm Benjamin Light. And I'm Marco Sparks. And this week we are doing Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade for episode 24 of Headcanon, directed by Steven Spielberg, written by Jeffrey Bohm. Mm. Came out 24th of May, 1989. The number one movie worldwide. Number two in the U.S. after Batman. Huh. <laughs> what a fascinating year for movies. Yeah. This was, uh, I think, License to Kill was 89. I think maybe Roadhouse, too. It's tempting to say there's some sort of transition happening there. Yeah. With Indy being number two, but I don't know. It, it took a while for the comic book thing to really take off. Yeah. It's not like that was the first comic book movie, but it was probably one of the first successful. That was the first big deal comic book movie. I mean, before Batman, 19, the 1989 version, it was like... They were all just jokes, you know, like made-for-TV crap. Well, there was the the ridiculous, campy 60s one to have a theatrical movie, too. Well, yeah, I mean, that was like 30 years beforehand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and then the, uh, oh, man, thinking about comic book movies from the past, like the fucking Dolph Lundgren Punisher, mm-hmm. um, those ridiculous Captain America movies. That's what I'm saying. They, they yeah. were not serious movies before Batman. Anyway, we're not talking about Batman. <laughs> talking about The Last Crusade. Do you have an opening statement? Um, yeah, so, you know, more rambling thoughts for me. So this is, this is the movie that costs Spielberg the director's chair on Rain Man and Big, which I'm kind of okay of him not doing either of those. I guess this is the one where Lucas forced Spielberg's hand, reminding him of their gentleman's agreement to do a trilogy. And Spielberg was keen to, like, apologize for the second movie. Uh, so my big thought is really just that in the review of the movie, uh, Roger Ebert had this great parable, like, relating to the likely inspiration of the series, which is those old pulp adventure stories. And in it, he talks about, like, the illustrations and the formulas they develop, but, but it wasn't just about the action, the adventure, and the imagination, but then on some level, like, the, primarily the boys who read it were really learning something about the secret world of men and adults. And I was kind of thinking about that as I was watching this, especially, you know, in a movie where Indiana Jones' dad is fucking James Bond. Um, and you can kind of tell that Spielberg maybe doesn't care about the Holy Grail in a real sense like Lucas did, but like as the metaphorical, the relationship between the father and son. And then you just add in the fact that the father and son have both had sex with the same woman in this movie. Um, is which this, last is week, this still all from Ebert or is this, you know, no, this is just me. Yeah. Okay. Me, me and Ebert both love that. He, they fucked the same woman. Uh, kudos to Sean Connery for using his actual hairline in this movie. Um, but I, I just thought this movie was a lot of fun, especially after Temple of Doom. There's great chemistry. They very smartly like hug to the Raiders formula in a serious way. Um, it feels like a great cap to a trilogy. Um, maybe not doing something 20, 30 years later that's not as great. But uh, yeah, that's me. All right. Uh, well, I mean, I'd say I, I love this movie as a kid. Probably the most watched of the indie movies for me, as we've talked about. I hadn't seen this movie in years, though, and I, I'd have to say I think it totally holds up. Mm-hmm. Uh, even better than I remembered. Uh, I think I was probably a little too young when I would watch this a lot in the past to really get some of the kind of father-son dynamic stuff. Uh, you know, as a kid, that just doesn't mean anything to you. 
Um, it might not be quite as like taut of a thrill ride as, as Raiders is or as new and exciting, but I think the emotions run deeper and very, you know, the ending is a very satisfying conclusion to a trilogy. If only they'd left it that way. Um, I forgot how quotable this movie is too. Uh, there's so many great lines that are kind of embedded in popular culture now. And I think Spielberg and Lucas knew they needed to do better after Temple of Doom and they knocked it out of the park with this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely, I don't want to say less serious than Raiders, but like, you know, you know what you're in for more. Like there's less, you know, Indy's not going to magically die or something like that. It's well, just, it doesn't have to establish as much. You know who Indy is now. Yeah, it's just a pure thrill ride, but they, they very smartly, they, you know, after the prologue, which does tie into the rest of the story, they're smart. They just send him off on his journey, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about our top moments. Any honorable mentions? I do have one. Do you? I have like two, kind of. Okay. Let's my, my number four is uh, Indiana Jones as the Scottish Laird who's there to view <laughs> the tapestries. Do you not have tapestries, man? Which I'm not doing a very good job of. Yeah. I really wanted to work on my Sean Connery impression for this, but I don't think I have it. It's rare that you see Harrison Ford do an accent, even a bad one. Mm-hmm. But he's he's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I could have watched like five more minutes of that scene. <laughs> uh, one of my honorable mentions is uh, when Indy makes the torch out of the bones and rags and petrol. Mm-hmm. Uh, that just all seems so cool to me. Like it's such an Indiana Jones thing to do. Like the simplicity of making a torch just from what you have on hand, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then another honorable mention when Hitler signs his diary, um, it's just tragic comic i guess you could say uh just i don't know it's i I love the way spielberg has tons of fun you know poking at the nazis and and making fun of them at every chance he gets yeah i mean spielberg who's definitely you know it's it's not just his heritage it's a significant Mm -hmm. part of his career is one big fuck you hitler it's fascinating that he puts him in here as indy like uh uh, forrest gumps his way through history (laughs) just a little bit it's almost chilling, though, in that tragic comedy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's an edge to it, um, but at the same time, it's kind of just making fun of the pageantry at the same time, you know? Yeah. Uh, what's your number three? Uh, Indy coming back to his office for office hours, and it's like fucking Beatles at Shea Statham there. If all the kids are just, like, desperate for their professor's attention. Uh, so he comes in the office, you know, he tells the secretary to, like, organize the system. You'll see him one by one. His office is kind of interesting, both in how large it is, how cool the things are in there, but that he actually has only like allotted himself this cramped amount of personal space. But then he just he puts on his adventuring hat and like slips out the window, avoiding his professorly responsibilities, which is like today to me like one of the ultimate adult fantasies. Mm-hmm. I'll just climb out the window and like go off and have an adventure, like it's an Aerosmith video. Yeah. All right. Uh, my number three would be. During the kind of like bike and sidecar sequence where Indy keeps on like killing Nazis and like he kind of like smiling to himself at it. And then his dad's just frowning at him like <laughs> just like not into Indy's like casual violence at all. The Cavalier attitude towards life and death. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number two is uh, after the tank goes off the cliff. When Sala and Brody mm-hmm. and Henry Jones are looking over the cliff, mourning the loss of Indy, and Henry's realizing that he may not have been the best dad, and that there's so much knowledge and love he could have imparted to his son because he wasn't ready. <laughs> Meanwhile, Indy climbing up on his own from wherever he's hanging, and like looks over the side, like, woo, close one. 
Yeah, the way he's kind of shaking his head at it too. Like, yeah, oh. wow, that was crazy. The like the continuation. You had like the double take with uh, Sean Connery, but the continuation of Brody being like a real fucking dunce in this movie because mm-hmm. he's like looking down, then looking at Indy and looking down, and Indy's here. Yeah, he's and like he's counting on his fingers. Like yeah, like, like the math is super hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, my number two is the uh, transition with the hat from young to old Indy. I was like that. It's very simple, but uh, it's a it's a great cut to show that now we're at you know the, the indie we know rather than young indie and then he gets punched too yeah. to let us know that indie's still indie you know uh self-control i really did want to put like the entire opening as an honorable <laughs> mention because it is it is great and i remember fucking loving it as a kid just like i loved the opening you know to all the others uh my number one is the whole scene at the tickets on the commercial blimp of course <laughs> the fact that Indy's M.O. is knocking dudes out to steal their uniforms to the tension of this Nazi colonel. Like, like, like he's just got a walking stick to push down people's newspapers to Indy knocking him out the window. And then, of course, no ticket. And everyone's clamoring to show the steward their ticket now. A, I mean, <laughs> Classic I, line. No ticket. Yeah, I hated seeing Kevin Smith do it in uh, Dogma, I think it was. Dogma, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's classic for a reason. My number one is uh, he chose poorly. I just love the uh, the understated uh, manner of the uh, the Grail Knight there, and I mean just that whole sequence. That when you're a kid, you just love seeing like gruesome, horrifying shit like this. You know, it's like candy. Yeah. Um, I feel like they don't do this as much in movies anymore. Just try to like really freak you out. Yeah, well, I mean, again, this one, this is the one that I I also probably watched more. I was probably more cognizant of what i was taking in and loving when this one came out for me because i was like fuck eight <laughs> when this movie came out um so this one i feel like kind of maybe stuck with me in a way much more quickly than raiders in a way but yeah i, I like this it's almost like a nod to the ending of raiders yeah yeah in some ways it is it's it's like they they wanted to give you another just kind of gruesome but at the same time not too gruesome you know it's like fantastical uh, you probably like at past a certain age, you're probably not going to have nightmares about it, but it's fun to watch, you know? Well, and just a reminder in case anyone forgot, religious archaeology is fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, any complaints? Uh, I don't know. Not really, I guess. I mean, I know in looking back at some of the reviews of the time, a lot of people talk about how there's no substance, there's no weight. Um, I see that a little bit, but to me, it's such a, a thrill ride, especially the formula works, you know, much more than it does for modern movies. So other than like some special effects, like this movie just holds up, I think, in a really satisfying way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my only complaints are like really minor nitpicky stuff. Like um, when they're when he's doing the first of the three tests, mm-hmm. they say the word penitent like 100,000 times. Yeah. And I think they probably could have done a little fewer. Yeah. Like after a while, they're just like penitent, 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 well, penitent. The 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 cutting back and forth between Henry Senior and Junior too is very interesting as they take that journey together. In a sense, it seems like they would in that particular test. It was like a little too much. I don't know. You know, maybe yeah. some slight editing. Uh, I mean, that's minor stuff. Like, uh, there's a a bit where they use the uh, the ink pen on the Nazi in the tank, mm-hmm. and then like the Nazis just like knocked out from it. Like mm-hmm. it, to me, that all bug bugged me even as a kid well, he watching hits it. His head on the back of the thing. 
but they don't really like emphasize it. Like suddenly he's just like knocked out. I don't know. It's, I, I felt like they could have done that a little better because it, it really does seem like he just like, you know, lightly taps his head and then like he's out cold. Mm. I mean, I think they could have done, they could have always given a little more characterization to Elsa. Um, I, she still comes off in a much more satisfying way in some regards to, uh, to uh, Willie Scott. Willie Scott, yeah. Well, uh, she's interesting. I mean, we never had a villain, uh, you know, female yeah. villain. It, it, you know, another complaint. It maybe there's more than one woman in this movie. I don't know. Well, I think what's interesting is that Indy and his dad pretty much have the same dynamic that Indy and Willie had, but it works so much better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but like, I love with Elsa. You really do get to see that, like, there are some flaws in Indiana Jones. There are some rough edges. You know, uh, he doesn't like fast women. <laughs> the uh, just the all I have to do is squeeze your throat, and all she has to do is scream. I like that little exchange. It's it feels very much of the time. Um, yeah. yeah one one last minor complaint. There are a few times where Indy or Indy and his dad end up somewhere, and it's like, how did you get? from where you are here to the next scene type of stuff. Like when he like, he's on the boat that explodes mm-hmm. and he's just like in a, a little life preserver. What then? Like, like I, I found myself wondering how does he, he's in the middle of the ocean. How is, who's coming to rescue him? You know, or like when they uh, take down the planes at Rath's room, they're like in the middle of the Alps somewhere, you know, on the ocean or whatever. Like how do they then find solid? They just kind of gloss over it. Like I said, very minor. I don't really care, but, I mean, they cheat a little on some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's seemingly easy enough to get into Germany in the height of the war or the start mm-hmm. of the war that we don't even need to worry about it. It's getting out of Germany that's the hard part. Well, but we're we don't even see it. You know, it's like they yeah. they take down the last plane that was chasing them, and then it's just like cut to them with Sala. Yeah, and they're in Alexandretta, or you know, outside of. Well, life. which you would think would be like days later. Yeah. Yeah. I like I said, minor stuff. Uh, anyway, uh, any any more complaints? No, no complaints. All right. Well, let's just talk a little bit generally. Um, I'm sure we'll get to it in our character rankings, but I was surprised at how good River Phoenix is as young Indy. He really has a lot of the mannerisms down. He does. I mean, like I said, it's hard for me to, to weigh if I like this opening more or less than Temple of Doom, and a lot of it is River Phoenix. I mean, a lot of it is... Spielberg just mugging for the camera of his abilities, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and I think what's neat too is that Harrison Ford, it, it's it, they must have worked together or something because he seems to adopt some of River Phoenix's mannerisms too later in the movie. You know, like mm-hmm. it really makes it seem like yeah, this is definitely the same person. Yeah, and uh, you know, I had just I had just recently rewatched Stand by Me, and I, I'm prepared to say again that River Phoenix like was a great actor. I I feel like he could have gone on to do some really interesting stuff. Um, I think you and I are both on record as loving sneakers. Mm-hmm. Sally, I've never seen the one that he was nominated for the Oscar for, but uh, yeah, he's great. I mean, it's a shame that they couldn't get a little bit of what he brings to it in the young Indiana Jones adventures. Well, those, I mean, yeah, we can talk about the TV show eventually. Those, those almost seemed like just, I don't know, educational TV using the branding they- or something. They had like all of the uh, uh, pizzazz and flair of like cutscenes from CD-ROMs. Yeah, like, do you remember? I don't know if you remember this. They they came out with this video game called Mario is Missing, 
where it was like you were Luigi and you're running around looking for Mario. Mm. But it was really just like you're running around like European places, like learning about like European history. Like oh. it was obviously just an educational game using the Mario branding. Gross. That's kind of what the TV show, the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, remind me of a little. It's it's a little Forrest Gumpy, like, oh, look, you do, you know, Gavrillo Princep in this episode. And like, oh, you were there for the invention of jazz and stuff like that, you know. I'm, I'm just there for plumbers and talking lizards. I'm mm-hmm. not there for European history. Gross. Um, what is the deal with this guy in the, in the opening? Like one of the henchmen, he has this kind of like big... I don't know if it's like a newsboy hat or what that is, but like he is like got ADD or something. Like I don't know what's going on with that guy. I uh, I was gonna say Fedora's gang is almost as eclectic as Biff's gang from Back to the Future. Seriously, how great would it have been if Billy Zane was one of his thugs too? That'd been perfect. Well, this one dude, it's just like get a hold of yourself. Like he's just <laughs> like woo, woo, like jumping around constantly, and they're constantly like shoving him back and telling him to shut up. Like he just. I don't know. I think he has a condition or something. <laughs> uh, like, there's the one guy who's... Okay, so there's one guy who's clearly, like, a Native American, like a hipster Native American. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, playing part of the scenes There's now. another guy who's kind of, like, older Western-ish. Yeah. Uh, and then the the weird guy with the suspenders and the, the like, newsboyish hat, yeah. Well, like, poor Indy's, like, buddy in the... Oh, that guy. <laughs> like this guy is overweight in the way that you only ever are in movies. I feel like I have to say the the bit where he's playing on his like little bugle or whatever <laughs> until Andy rips it out of, from his mouth and it spits. Like I've always loved that bit. <laughs> That's such a Spielberg moment. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that bugle guy. Um, it's like an pretty old cool. Guy? Yeah, sorry. I was going to say pretty cool shots uh, on the train where they're like kind of running across the cars and whatnot. I mean, it seems at least it looks real. Maybe they it's like trickery and they're only going like five miles an hour or something. But but it's a lot of single takes, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's Spielberg. So you get the long takes. I mean, if this one did was, was uh, Sean Astin, I would totally believe that um, in the gang. No. <laughs> the dude with the, when the, when the horn starts poking up, he looks like Sean Astin a little bit. Mm. No, Sean Astin would have been too young then. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you got the the snakes in the reptile, you know, tr- carriage. It's a uh, fear of snakes coming from that. I like, I like how he's not afraid of snakes at first. He just, like, mm. throws the one away. But this is this is where his fear came from. It it just works for me. Like, the, the general organic feeling of some of this, like, Indiana Jones prequel stuff. Uh, like the whip, yeah. The whip, the scar on the chin, all that stuff. Um, I love the idea of the Fedora character. I'm not, I'm not crazy about how uninteresting the actor is. He looks like like a, a weird TV version of Harrison Ford. You yeah. know, where it's like if you like, he could be like Harrison Ford's stuntman. It's kind of how he looks. You know? He looks like he could be the stuntman for like the the Tim Matheson version of Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> like this guy's the holdover from <laughs> aborted attempts at these movies, but I mean, it it the fact that they work in like his dad just a little bit, it it works for me. Like I don't think other movies are smart enough to do all that. Oh, I just got to the rewatch part with the spit. <laughs> <laughs> like the friend looks like he's animated. <laughs> well, no, I like how um he kind of like he straightens up like the whole yes sir thing when his dad 
you know, orders him to, to stop. And he kind of does the same thing later mm-hmm. when he runs into his dad as, as older Andy. I like that, that mirroring there. Um, yeah, and you get the classic, uh, you know, this belongs in a museum, so do you, and all that. Ghost it again. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but sure. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know what to call that guy. I've been calling him Red Rose or whatever. Um, Red I Rose? Like or uh, Carnation or whatever. Oh, the, the guy in the Panama hat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like that he's just, you know, like Indiana Jones himself, he's older too. Mm-hmm. Um, Indy does the, the double punch at one point during that boat sequence. Um, there's this great shot that I always loved as a kid when he does some daring do and he swashes some buckle. He like swings over the side of the boat just as the wave comes crashing over him. Mm-hmm. And it's like he disappears into the water like a magic trick. Yeah. I wonder how they did that. Like it's it's weird watching these older movies and like you know it's not CGI, so it's like well I guess they actually had to do that somehow. Yeah. Like yeah. I I feel like that's one thing we miss from newer movies is like you just assume they did it in a computer. Is here it's like like well I guess they had to have a big sound stage with a bunch of water they were shooting at people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I miss the idea that like Channing Tatum's gonna have to spend six weeks in a in a you know tank. Like getting like fifty gallons of or fifty tons of water splash over him, uh, but yeah, how fortuitous that he decided to go overboard just as that ship exploded. Well, he said he was on the Portuguese coast, so I yeah. guess he just uh, floats to shore eventually, holding on to a heavy metal cross and not dropping it. Yeah, everyone in that ship is dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh... And then you get the. Uh... The teaching scenes, it was like they really, it does have a similar structure to Raiders where they're like, let's hit all the things people liked, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, and just a reminder, archaeology is about facts. Yeah. The scene where he goes to meet Donovan, this to me is the most James Bondian the series has ever gotten. I mean, just the way it's shot and everything, it's like a very like wide angle 60s aesthetic and whatnot. Well, yeah, just the set design. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything about Julian Glover, the fact that Julian Glover, <laughs> the fact that Julian Glover's in it. Yeah. Uh, he, I'm trying to think, place this, this was, this was a few years after he played a Bond villain because it was in For Your Eyes Only. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I'm trying to remember the year of that movie. I know A View to a Kill was 85. Octopus, he was 83. I don't know. I don't know the year for your eyes only. For your eyes only is like the one, like the most serious of the Roger Moore movies. That was 1981, so it's been a little while. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Julian Glover is still out there mm-hmm. <laughs> on Game of Thrones. As Pycelle. Far away. <laughs> yeah. Well, you really just start to notice in this movie how good Spielberg is at moving his camera around to kind of like reframe and, and, and reblock shots. You know, all, all in a single take. I don't know. It's he's, well, it's fun to watch Spielberg movies just to see how good he is at just the basic craft of movie making. Right. What is the legality of the museum claiming the Golden Cross of Coronado or whatever? I, is there any? I don't know. Like finders well, I, keepers? I mean, never mind that the seemingly somehow lawful owner is more mm-hmm. than likely dead or lost at sea. I'm just saying there's probably an open investigation there. Yeah, that guy's uh, down in David Jones' locker. I don't think he can uh, put up a complaint at all. But uh, power move. Have your thugs pick up a guy, take him to your swanky place, and make them wait in the back room while you're clearly having a party at, like, <laughs> 3 in the afternoon. Yeah. It's such a, a Bond villain type of thing, though, you know? 
But yeah, you're right. Like the camera is so good here. There's an ominous shot of Donovan pouring champagne as Indy finishes translating the tablet. Like they're celebrating a marker pointing towards the Holy Grail, but it's still very sinister. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what I ever expected of Donovan the first time I watched this movie. I mean, Spielberg does a good job, I think, of like the camera never lets you trust him. I was probably fooled the first time I watched it, you know. But yeah, once once you know what to look for, it's it's obvious. Yeah. The, but yeah, the promise of eternal life, as suggested to a cowboy who clearly has some daddy issues. What do you think happens to Donovan's wife there? Like, is that his actual wife, or did he just hire her? Like, is this all a ruse? Uh, so I actually watched like uh, twenty minutes of the latest episode of Arrow. Because you were talking about it last night. Okay. Um, is that Damien Dark's wife, like in the underground bunker or underground super community or whatever? That's Donovan's wife here? No, 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 not the same wife. I'm just thinking, like, I'm picturing, like, maybe his wife is evil too. Oh, okay. But... Yeah, that is his, his wife on the Arrow episode. Okay. R.E.P. Uh, yeah, so we find out that uh, Dr. Jones Sr. is a teacher of medieval literature, the one that his students hope they don't get. <laughs> the grill lore is his hobby. <laughs> I don't. It, it, that meant nothing to me, really, as a kid. It was just a lot of cool words, but like it makes me laugh now because it's not like he. I mean, he does have a certain historical bent to his studies, but I don't know. It's like, like shouldn't Henry Senior be talking more about Beowulf? <laughs> well, I mean, the grill is his main thing, so it makes sense. He he quotes Charlemagne at one point, so who doesn't? Ah, Venice. Yeah, Dr. Elsa Schneider. I, I'd say I like her character overall. Um, she's not Marion, who is, but, yeah. uh, I don't know. She's, she's, she's not, she's not Willie either, so. Right. She's got a great look. Mm hmm. She, yeah, her, her fashion throughout the movie is on point. Like, she really makes the, uh, the Nazi wardrobe work for her. Well, like, I mean, she looks like she could very easily just like be a co-adventurer, you know, mm -hmm. on these tales. She yeah. has that look. She's very fashionable. But then when it's like she's also like an Aryan super babe, you know, it's all there too. I just like that when they get to Venice, um, Indy goes full throttle ahead on hitting on chicks in front of poor Marcus Brody. <laughs> yeah, he steals the flowers and they kind of like yell at him, like the, <laughs> the like shop person or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> he just looks back like, oh, whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah I, I was trying to think like why is marcus even here and i think it's mostly just so he can have the the either the diary or the pages from the diary when needed i mm -hmm. think that's his only function in the movie pretty much is like an, an excuse for them to need to go somewhere else i'm just amazed that there's not a scene about how brody's been recovering from a stroke <laughs> since the events of raiders well, it's like, why Why is he here in the library? It's so Indy can hand in the diary so it doesn't get wet. Yeah. That's the only reason. Um, the Let's just go ahead and say that the, uh, the library scene is like somewhere in my honorable mentions, too. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, the great shot as the camera moves up the staircase. You see the yeah. X and then the uh, just the pounding of the, the... I don't know what that thing is, like the little... The stamp, yeah. Yeah, they stamp, the yeah. stamp and the, the rail, you know, stand that he's using. But also, I just, I like Indiana Jones. At this point, though, there's no Nazis, right? As far as he knows, 
His dad has just disappeared. It could mm-hmm. be anything. They don't but know about Indy, the Nazis yet, yeah. Indy is just going to fuck up this ancient floor <laughs> just because he's like a punk rock archaeologist bad boy. Yes. <laughs> and the librarian dude is just like, wow. I, I really... I don't like, know my me. own strength. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, of course, of course, uh, Indy takes the hot blonde and the catacombs of him. Well, she goes in how- first. She's like totally eager. Which is it's nice. I mean, she probably should have taken her heels off, but you know. Hey, kudos to her. She just jumps Mm. right in. Um, I kept wondering though. uh, I guess I don't know Venice as well as I'd like to. The city of canals. Would there be catacombs? I don't know. Sure, it's (laughs) an Indiana Jones. Sure, of course. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me an old city like that. Uh, Uh, They get these these weird guys in the fez hats. The Brotherhood of the Fez. Yeah. Mm Oh, what's this one? The Ark of the Covenant. Are you sure? Pretty sure. <laughs> like, uh, and then rats. <laughs> it just again, it makes me think, like, man, like the fucking uh, uh, like Robert Langdon, you know, series mm-hmm. just wishes they had some of this cachet. Well, and the funny thing about this movie is you see how much influence it has had on so many other like yeah. video games and movies too. You know, it's like all the little. All the little things that are kind of like de rigueur now, this is, they're all invented in the indie movies. Mm-hmm. Or at least, you know, updated and popularized. Mm-hmm. The speedboat chase is, is very Bond too. I mean, it oh, yeah. A that, for much of love. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, this is definitely the most James Bondian of all the indie movies, I, I would say. Yeah. It complete with the, uh, like the femme fatale type of character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't trust, but he sleeps with her anyway. <laughs> I don't like fast women, <laughs> but I mean, there's some of the jokes are are entirely based on the the charisma and the abilities of the actors, which I know is like that's a general rule against that should be against screenwriting. You should never write something and just put a note saying the actor will make it funny. That's usually a bad idea. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they really sell the uh, "Are you crazy? Don't go between them." Go between them. Are yeah. you crazy? <laughs> and I uh, think the guy playing uh, Kazim here, I think he was supposed to be uh, Sala originally, but he couldn't do it or something. Interesting. I, th- I think that's what the deal with him is, if I'm not mistaken. That's a good mustache. I mean, I don't like mustaches in general. That's mm. but... a pretty big mustache, yeah. That's a big mustache. He's got a little carnation on his lapel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's India's, a total Bond sequence there. India's hardcore. Like, he's about to, like, feed this dude's head to a propeller. But he, like, must have killed at least a few of those guys, right? Yeah, yeah. Boat crash they, and... They part on pretty amicable ter- terms, considering. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Like, everyone cool? Yeah, we're cool. So it was just a misunderstanding? You've seen my chest tattoo? I get that you're cool? All right. By the way, here's your dad. That's where he is. I don't know how I know that. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> how does he know that? Let's get off this dock here and talk about your missing dad, which the guy at the dock is going to find a fascinating conversation to eavesdrop on. It would have been useful for him to say, like, oh, by the way, the Nazis took your dad. Yeah, yeah. Also, uh, not to jump ahead too much, you would think the Nazis would be a little concerned about a security leak. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's pretty serious information. They have, like, a whole command center in that castle. <laughs> well, that's just, like, uh, what the Nazis did. You know, if you yeah. if you watch movies in the 80s and learned about the Nazis... They just had like secret rooms where they had big maps and they're pushing little, you know, toys around on the maps and they're like planning shit. Yeah, so did Churchill though. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, the guy at the dock. <laughs> like, I'm just rewatching this scene, and he's... I, maybe he doesn't speak English. I don't know. <laughs> but what he's eavesdropping on is hilarious to me. I like how they got Indy in the bathrobe here. Yeah. Got their drinks out. I mean, is this a hotel? Because this is really lavishly decorated. I think they say briefly that Donovan got them, like, an apartment okay. in Venice. Yeah. Okay. Ah, uh, Venice. <laughs> that's cheesy but whatever (laughs) and they go right to the Austrian German border like 1938 yeah yeah Nazis I hate these guys I love that line classic line um there's there was so much of this movie where I'm rewatching it and I wasn't even taking notes because I was just like Back in its sway, you know. Well, it's 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 weird watching this after playing uh, some Uncharted just in the past few days and like seeing how much they take, you know, like the way he like opens a window, whips outside, and then swings back through another window. You know, it's like it's mm-hmm. such an adventure video game type of thing. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, Sean Connery here as Henry Jones Senior. Like, could anyone else have played this role? Oh. Uh... Yes, I think I think a lot of different people could have played this role, and that's what I think makes it so daring and interesting to me. Because I think at this point, Sean Connery was still playing what to him was probably the natural extension of his Bond character. Like he was mm-hmm. still a swarthy womanizer, and here it's it's a it's a nice kind of graceful acknowledgement of old age. I mean, like he's got his natural hairline, which I'm not sure if you've even seen on on <laughs> film up until this point. I mean, I I grew up watching the Bond. Although he does have that hat on almost the entire time. But I grew up watching the the first Bond movies the whole time, thinking that that wasn't a wig, <laughs> only to find out much later that yes, it absolutely was. What are you talking about? I know, right? Um, uh, it's funny to see that uh, Henry Jones gets slapped a few times in this movie, which <laughs> is amazing to me because God, at this point in his life, Sean Connery must have like slapped a thousand different women. <laughs> Okay. I mean, he's a monster of a person in real life. Um, like, thank God for, like, not having the internet at this point. Because <laughs> the details that would have come out about Sean Connery would have spread even wider. Yeah. And then the, uh, the bit where he's just like, oh, well, she's one of them. She's a Nazi. And How do you course, know? Yeah. She talks in her sleep. <laughs> well, Indy, Indy doesn't want to believe it, of course. And I just love that you should have listened to your father. Yeah. <laughs> when she like uh like whispers into Indy's ear like a thank you, mm-hmm. he's like, Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> that is how we say goodbye in Austria. <laughs> and this is how we say goodbye in German. I love that bit. <laughs> oh, the guy who plays the Nazi colonel is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean he just looks like a Nazi first of all. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to work in a sandwich shop where he was a customer. Um I like how you never see him without his hat on until yeah, you know, goes off the cliff pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sure in our honorable mentions is, of course, Indy telling the Nazis how futile it is to go after Marcus Brody because he has a, a two-day head start. Friends in every town and village from here to Sudan. He blends in. He may already have the grail for all we know. And cut to Brody. Does anyone here speak English? Yeah. Well, where where is he right now? There's a sign. It's in a language I can't read. Yeah, I don't know. He meets up with Sala somehow. 
Yeah. We saw it now wears a fez hat too, which he didn't wear one of those in uh Raiders, did he? I don't think so. I don't think so, yeah. And then this time it's the Nazis who get to jump on them by having like the fake uh facade of a shop. Yeah. yeah. It's not a bad move. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad move. I always like the bit where they're stuck. First when um when they try to use the lighter to burn themselves out of the ropes and uh, he drops it immediately, <laughs> like doesn't want to say anything at first. Henry Senior does, mm-hmm. uh, but then when they get in the fireplace and and like go around and like the no one Nazi lady sees them, and they're just like, eh, don't mind us. Well, I like I like the way they handle it because Henry fucks up a few times, mm-hmm. like with the gun on the back well, of the plane, just like uh, his son does too, though. You know, I mean, they both screw up a lot, but yeah, I like how but he it, he never really owns up to it, <laughs> and it's not like it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, I gotta say though, I do like I like Denim Elliott. I like Marcus Brody. I actually kind of wouldn't mind being along on the day that he got lost in his own museum. I think that would be fun. Make a whole prequel about it. Yeah. But yeah, this movie definitely reinvigorated my want and my need for a castle full of secret passageways. Oh yeah, the cool stairway thing. Well, just a fireplace that somehow spins around to a secret. Command Center. Well, and they they break out of there on like the little like sidecar and motorcycle, and immediately there's just like a Nazi like death squad of like bikers coming after them. Mm-hmm. I love that. I mean, these are like not the same guy. They were the same soldiers from before that were in the boat. Like they just like sent some different like like biker squad after them. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I love the one guy. He's just all prepared to like pop the wheelie. Onto the back of their... their yeah, I don't know if that's effective. <laughs> it kind of seems like it would leave you really vulnerable. Also, this other guy, mm-hmm. he doesn't pull his gun nearly fast enough to see that Indy's about to joust him. <laughs> joust I, him uh, with the Nazi flag, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. I, actually, no, it's just like a it's just like a red and white flag, but yeah. Oh, like whatever border they're at, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I would have pulled that gun a lot faster. <laughs> I joust him on a bike with sidecar. It's great. But this guy is just like all about the fucking wheelies. <laughs> like, was he like, like, has he been like cautious about this? Like, Klaus, you gotta stop doing this. I guess when I watched this as a kid, it was like, that makes sense. You know, that's, that seems like a good thing to do to like try to like stomp your bike on top of Indy or something. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, yeah, so I just, I'm rewatching. So the bit where, yeah, he's just like thrown the, uh, the leftover flagpole thing into the one dude's wheel. He's like blown off to the mm-hmm. side. Indy's excited. He looks over his dad. The, like, the dad goes out of his way to be dismissive. He actually checks the fucking time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he does not approve of this adventure. Like, the, this chase is really getting in the way of something else I wanted to be doing. <laughs> well, and then the, the, book burning rally here is just crazy i mean mm-hmm. massive i mean this is like some like trying for the will shit here so i guess i'm curious i'm sure this is like 90 percent dudes but what do you think the dating scene at like a book burning rally is not good <laughs> i mean i'm not i'm not talking about the caliber of people but like do you think that people just show up to this thing like dtf why why are you thinking about that I'm just saying, I think a it's a of, better question. That's a lot of like fascist like uh, passion right there. I'm sure there are some guys who assume that like you know you're gonna find the uh, the, the, the 
faithful girls or whatever. I don't know. Why are we talking about this? <laughs> Indy steals another uniform. Yeah. Because that's what you do in action movies. You knock guys out and you steal their uniforms. He's gotten good at it. It is interesting to see Elsa. She's she's like crying as she's watching this. She's, I guess, not like a true Nazi. She's just kind of using them or whatever for her own ends. But she's not she's not as uh, dyed in the wool as the, the other Nazis. I, I think is what they want us to, to assume here. Right, right. She's still a, a, a woman of science and history. Mm-hmm. Um, as they're burning das Capital. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm looking at. The collection of uniforms here. And this movie really made me think more so than any other thing else I'd ever seen with Nazis. Like, the Nazis regime was such a cartoonish power grab or whatever. I feel like you just designed your own uniform half the time. Like, because there's, like, weird flair and touches and stuff to some of these guys' uniform that just... I I don't know. Like, I I guess I kind of get regular American military uniforms half the time, even though I don't know what they all mean. But, like, there's all kinds of fancy, weird frills and shit i mean i think that was the point yeah but i mean i feel like they're just they're just showing up and it's like yeah i i I added this ribbon here and this Mm. this cord around my hat like indy's hat here Uh, cartoon military that's what it looks like i've gotten distracted just by watching the movie again sorry Mm -hmm. um yeah i like that uh uh can we talk about the the, uh, the father son when they finally have like their talk on the uh, the blimp? Oh yeah, I like that talk. I like how he says, uh, "Andrew Senior says you left just when you were getting interesting." <laughs> right. He thinks he was a good dad because he respected his son's privacy. <laughs> never told him to go to bed. Never told him to practice good hygiene or do his homework. Mm-hmm. He's just like, "I was a cool dad, wasn't I?" What are you complaining about? Uh, and then I, I, it makes me laugh because I feel like. How much of this was he a single dad for? It, it's tragic. Well, it sounds like mom died fairly young. Yeah. Yeah. And you he left that he was just when you were getting interesting. <laughs> less interesting than his father than people who had been dead for 500 years in other countries. I mean, there is something kind of like twisted about him becoming an archaeologist himself then. You know, it's like, it's like he has to know what is it about history that interested his father so much. That's why I think... It's it's almost perfect. I mean, mm-hmm. of course he would do that. And I love that they would reveal that in what would presumably be your final movie. Well, I feel like there you could really go wrong by introducing like Indy's dad. Mm-hmm. It could just not work at all, but it definitely works here. It's not like they cast Keith Richards as his dad. Yeah, exactly. Like how the, the evil Nazi guy just like shakes his fist at the Zeppelin as it flies away. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so many little classic things like the shadows in the in the inside the Zeppelin area shifting as they realize they're turning around. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just like I'm watching the sequence where they're running through to like get to the plane, mm-hmm. like more to the bottom of the Zeppelin. That just seems I don't know. Like the Zeppelin just seems like a cool setting for for a story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, definitely. You know, horrifically dangerous way to travel, of course. I think. By now, they would have figured out to use helium in in uh, the, oh, this time period, nineteen thirty-eight. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they have the classic "fly yes, land no." Mm-hmm. Uh, so many great lines in this movie. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Henry shoots the uh, rudder out, and he's just like, "Son, they got us." Yeah. <laughs> 
it's such a i mean it's a great like like father like son type thing you know because indeed's definitely the kind of guy who would have also fucked up like that mm-hmm. well i love it that they get on the ground they're immediately in a car chase being chased <laughs> by planes yes and then somehow they like end up at the beach yeah they, they were in the mountains uh when you see the blimp like turning around and then they're like in the in the middle of the countryside somewhere and then they're at the beach it's great well like the one pilot who foolishly allows himself to try to follow them into the tunnel <laughs> i love that they like look over at that guy as he's he, just like oh what's going on i'm about to die boom as he skids past mm-hmm. oh how nice of him to at least explode well in advance of them I just love the way Spielberg's constantly making fun of the Nazis every chance he gets. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it almost like it takes on like a Mel Brooks like mm-hmm. vibe at times. Yeah, seriously, all you need to do is add like cartoon sound effects to some of this, and it would it would transition over perfectly. How does Indy still have his gun at this point? Yeah, maybe he stole it. I don't know. No bullets, but <laughs> so. I just love the. Is it a stereotype in movies that uh, uh, rich Arab people love cars? Like love sports I mean, cars? It's, it's definitely a stereotype. I think you isn't, can say that. Isn't that the thing in Zero Dark Thirty? Where the dude mm-hmm. just like takes some car shopping. Yeah. <laughs> um, the bit where I mean, it's it's very subtle and not really lingered on, but they open up this chest of treasure and they say, you know, donated from like Europe's families, like. Obviously, a reference to like stolen, you yeah, know, stolen, stolen from the Jews during the Holocaust. Um, it, I like that they put that in there. Well, and, uh, it makes much more sense how the Brotherhood of the Fez would know where the Henry Jones is if he's somehow infiltrated. In the higher echelons, yeah, the Republic mm-hmm. Pate, who are seemingly allies with the Nazis. Yeah, no idea. Um, Eventually, Indy adds horse thief to his long and storied resume. Oh, they get the bit where he's watching with the uh, binoculars, and he's like, they can't hit us from here. And the <laughs> car blows up. <laughs> uh, Sala's brother's car. Which uh, Sala will make good on for giving him five camels. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a fair trade. Well, the uh, the brotherhood here, their plan does not seem great. They get taken out pretty quickly. Well, I just don't think they have nearly the firepower to match the Nazis. Yeah, they just have like some small arms. Um, I mean, the Nazis are throwing like fucking grenades at them and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this whole extended sequence here. First attacking, getting the horses, and then the whole tank chase and everything. It just It's great. It goes and goes. You get the great line from... Uh, Sean Connery there, the goose-stepping morons like yourself. Mm-hmm. I'll also the way he said that. I like Elsa's look here. I mean, she's like, she's adorable Nazi chic. You know, she's ready for the desert. She's got goggles on. She's got the big, like, billowy, like, pants. Yeah, yeah with the boots. Yeah. Like, she looks like she's, like, straight out of a video game character now. <laughs> Indy running around putting rocks in the gun. Mm-hmm. I always like that in Indiana Jones movies, you can tell who the bad guys are because they'll like sacrifice each other. Like when mm-hmm. they get the car stuck on the tank, they just like shoot it off. Yes. <laughs> Even though he makes sure to show you the guy in there is still alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because <laughs> they want you to know. And then he like drives over it. Yeah. It's like that's that's how you know these are villains. They do stuff like that. They don't even take care of themselves, you know. 
yeah, this is a whole crazy extended sequence here. The pretty impressive stunt to jump off the horse onto the tank. Yeah, well, I mean, only the Indiana Jones movie would our hero be on a horse versus a tank, <laughs> and it works. And he shoots the three Nazis with their Luger. Love yeah. that. Oh, no, I forgot the, the great line. Uh, I'm like a bad penny. I always turn up. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Uh, I mean, this movie, it's just like, it doesn't have quite the propulsive feel of Raiders, but it's pretty good. You know, he had this like pretty long, long tank sequence, but not uninteresting. Like new stuff keeps happening, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It definitely flows. I mean, it's, it's a little bit longer than mm-hmm. Raiders. Um, I just, <laughs> and again, summing up Brody, there's the life or death struggle that Henry Jones has with the Nazi troop and the, and the, the ink and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But Brody is so obsessed with successfully scoring that quip. The pen is mightier than the sword. <laughs> uh. You know, another honorable mention could have been, uh, when the dude gets his head cut off in the booby trap. I always love this, this little sequence here with the, the weird spider webs. Oh yeah, the, yeah. You know, the little like a gust of wind comes out. Yeah, gust of wind. Yeah, off I of am, his head. I am always fascinated by these ancient stories of treasure, like this, or like whatever's happening on Oak Island, where they they create these complicated death traps, <laughs> complete with riddles that you have to solve to get the treasure. It's like the the engineering marvels, but the funding, the logistics required. Well, who, who do you think created these? Was it the the Grail Knights, or did they just find it? I don't feel like these guys had the know-how to do this. It, it was already mean? hidden here by some other culture or something, and they just found it and protected I, it. Appropriated it? Isn't mm-hmm. that classic Christianity? Yeah. <laughs> I like how they, they send this one poor bastard with a sword. They're like, hey, go check it out. Like, uh, you know, we sent, like, four guys in before you, and they all died. Like, yeah, well, they don't, yeah. like, move in as a team or anything like that, you know? Like, well, like you said... They're willing to sacrifice their own guys. Mm-hmm. You've sent four dudes in already. Well, these aren't even Nazis. These are like the local republics. Right. Uh, in their, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but like you sent four guys in already. You're not even having them like yell back to you like results along yeah. the way. <laughs> There's no trial and error really here. It's just trying the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the whole penitent thing. Maybe a little too long on that, but the the next two were pretty cool. Like I feel like the whole Neil thing is kind of like sure, whatever, you know. Yeah. Like that was kind of a lucky break for Indy there to kneel and then roll forward at just the right time. Well, the rolling forward is where that whole thing loses itself mm-hmm. to me. I think. But whatever, mm-hmm. we'll give it to him. <laughs> well, like how did those stay sharp? You know, thousands of years or whatever. Uh, sh- Plenty of practice with heads and necks, mm-hmm. I guess. What triggers it? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Don't ask too many questions. Well, like, so the uh, uh, the spelling out, like, the name of Jehovah correctly, mm-hmm. you would think that a lot of people would have failed that. I guess they, I guess I guess the they just never got past the first yeah, one. Yeah, okay. I was going to say, because wouldn't there be more holes in the ground? What I also would wonder as a kid is, like, how did the the right letters stay there. Like what's holding them up? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like if he stepped on all the other ones around them. Right. Then what? Or wouldn't just the ink or whatever 
It's yeah. not ink, it's carved in. No, is it carved? Okay. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, if you, like, there's like, you know, an eye surrounded by other letters. What if happens if you step on all the other ones first and it all breaks away? Yeah. It's the eye just floating in the air. Yeah, maybe. The, the leap of faith is pretty cool. I mean, that's a great optical effect there. It is cool. I will admit, when I was a kid, the first time I watched this, I literally did think he was like walking. I thought that the uh, the bridge appeared after the fact. Well, I mean, I guess that's a, a thing you can argue. You know, I don't know. Are you, is it supposed to just look like an optical illusion or, or not? Well, like, rewatching as an adult is clearly an optical illusion. Well, it is, but I, I don't know if it we're supposed to think that, like, would it have it, been there no matter what, I guess. Yeah, you know? yeah. Or did you actually have to make a leap of faith? Yeah. But, you know, it really told me who I was at eight years old because I didn't. I, I, you know, my parents were sort of religious, and I wasn't at all, and it meant nothing to me. <laughs> like, the power of faith. Oh, yeah, sure. It just didn't ring true to It's me just another all. cool thing that India. Yeah, does. exactly. I wish I believed in something as strongly as people in this movies do. I wonder how they did that. They must have just got some really good, like, matte painters and whatnot. Yeah. Like, perspective. I think there was some definitely... Uh, some blue screen. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, you can kind of see it. Uh, so, you know, I don't know why I never really interpreted this before, but Elsa, like, definitely wants Donovan to die at the end. Oh, yeah, yeah. And for some reason, that never totally clicked for me. Like, I guess I, I was in the past, I thought, like, oh, she just made a mistake and then, like, realized her mistake. But now, watching it's like, Oh, yeah, she totally, like, she even gives, like, a significant look to Indy after she hands the Donovan the cup. Yeah, I, I didn't pick up on that either. <laughs> I, uh, it's interesting. I don't know if this is, like, her redemption, per se. Well, I think she was just never, she's not necessarily a good person, but she was never the sort of evil that Donovan was. Mm. You know? I, uh... How great it would have been if the knight turned to Indy and he was just like, I thought you'd be taller. Okay. <laughs> I I feel like I read somewhere that they wanted Laurence Olivier to play this part, but he, like, he's too that. old or something. <laughs> he's too old. Yeah. <laughs> he's too old to play a 700-year-old knight. Well, so I guess the rules are you, you stay immortal. I don't know if you need to keep drinking or what, but you get to, you get to chill here, but you can't leave. As soon as you leave, you start aging again. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of how the the rule is roughly explained, you know. Yeah. So the the limits of uh, immortality or the the seal. Yeah. The so also any wounds, you know, will be healed here. Mm-hmm. Once they're healed, you can leave. That's gotta but, be fucking boring. This dude's been there for like a thousand years. Well, but the question is, years. do you still need? Is is it because he hasn't eaten? Is that why he's not doesn't have strength anymore? I don't know. I mean. I mean, just because he's fucking old. He does, a, he, does he sleep? Does he eat? Does he poop somewhere? Like, is he just in this room with all the cups praying? Because, God, that's Does boring. he even have, like, a fucking book to read? Oh, he has he a just, book. It's just the one it's book. It's just the Bible, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that's that's tough haul. Yeah. 700 years. That's not where I want to spend 700 years. Hanging out. How does he keep the fire burning? Maybe it's magic. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Oh, and then... You've waited 700 years, and then these assholes show up and, like, destroy your whole temple. 
Yeah. I don't know what happens to him then. He's just like, well, I'm dying now. Or like, I guess you hope you die at that point. Mm-hmm. Like, I've done my job. The grail is, you know, falling out of the reaches of man now or something. Well, I, I, I just like that they managed to wave goodbye to this guy. They fucked up his entire existence <laughs> in a single afternoon. Yeah. This guy just needed to be like, kill me. Please, God, kill me. I guess if he didn't die, then he's just stuck there in an even worse situation than before. Like, no one's ever going to find him to relieve him. Oh, he's like, well, you know what, though? He hasn't crossed the seal. Mm-hmm. So maybe the cave-in just traps him? Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So he's trapped. No one's ever going to find him now. He's just like, God damn it. He's, I mean, that's like purgatory. God damn it. <laughs> uh, but I do like, I like the moment, you know, the, the ground has split. Mm-hmm. Elsa dies because she couldn't let go of the grail. Uh, moments later, Indy falls into basically the same trap, you know, the greed or whatever, the, the fame, the quest, only to be saved by his father, essentially kind of accepting him for the first time, calling him. Indiana, from the dog. let it go. Yes. Uh, we named the dog Indiana. Another classic line, yeah. But yeah, I love the... Uh, he's finally like, you know, Indiana, let it go. Father-son moment there. Mm-hmm. And then they wave to that poor bastard. <laughs> he's just like, get the fuck out of here. Well, I think this is the first time we learned that he's a junior. That he's, his real name's Henry, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think he's been called Junior previously in the movie, but yeah. It's well, it's the first time we realize that he his name is Henry Jones Jr. Yeah. Yeah. For <laughs> <Prefer> Indiana. <laughs> Brody has such a great accent. Well, I had completely forgotten about after the uh, we named the dog Indiana. Then he says, I had some great memories of that dog. A lot of fond memories of that dog. Does the dog show up in the TV show? <laughs> well, the dog's in the in the beginning. He's in the beginning, but yeah. I mean... <laughs> I can't remember on the TV show if you ever saw the dog or not. Is there like a sequence in the TV show where like somebody also puts the fedora on the dog's head? <laughs> well, you know, in the um, in in this movie, it seems to be established that at least for a little while, they lived in Utah. Yeah. Although in the TV show, they seemingly moved every three months or so. Like a different area. How did the TV show handle Henry Jones Sr.? I don't remember at all. Okay. Yeah. I've seen like maybe like one tenth of the of the show. I feel like I watched like, a fair amount of the episodes. It's just blah. Yeah. I would like I would catch like five minutes here and there, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just always something which just caused my eyes to look away from the TV. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's do character rankings. Yeah, I mean, generally, though, they literally ride off into the sunset. I mean, it's a great ending. It's the ending. Uh, what's your number 10? Uh, I went with uh, Kazim. The, okay. Uh, again, the Brotherhood of the Order. I can't remember the, the real thing. Oh, we forgot Make One Change. Is there anything you change? Um, I feel like, in general, I'm uh, I'm an apologist for it. On the whole, but, uh, you know, my, my one change would have been to end here. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that works. I mean, I, I really honestly couldn't think of anything at Marion cameo, maybe. I don't know how you'd work that in, but I yeah. feel like the movie, 
it does exactly what it's trying to do. You know, I don't feel like there are any real false notes. No, I mean, it's great. It's great. I mean, I, you could argue that maybe somewhat of that is us being colored by uh, nostalgia, but I don't care. Uh, you know, I tried to, you know, watch it critically and whatnot. Like, ooh, what what would I change? And I, I can't really think of anything. Everything fits together pretty well, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, yeah, anyway, Kazim number 10. Who's your number 10? My number 10 is the fucking Nazis. Again, great cartoon supervillains. Mm-hmm. Uh, number nine, I had a. He's only listed as Fedora, the uh, the like, you know, proto version of Indy at the start of the movie. Mm. Uh, I feel like he deserves a ranking for uh, giving him the hat. Yeah, my number nine is actually the uh, the villain with the carnation or the the red rose. Oh, the Panama hat guy. Panama hat, yeah. <laughs> We're gonna refer to all the characters in terms of their haberdashery. Well, that's how they are in the credits. Yeah, I know. I, I, I mean, I've said Fedora several times now. Yeah. So do you. Yeah. <laughs> What's your number eight? Uh, Marcus Brody. He's Interesting. Pretty cartoonish, so I didn't want to rank him higher, but okay, I'll give him a slot there. Yeah, oddly enough, my number eight is uh, half Fedora, half Kazim. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Not really related, but sure. No, I just, I, you know, I wanted, like, I should have done, like, 11 spots, but they just kind of fell together there. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, number seven, I have the character's name is Vogel. Like, he's, like, the, the main chief Nazi guy. Okay, the colonel. Uh, yeah. Do they have colonels in the Nazi army? Who I knows? think they call him colonel at yeah. one point, which is okay. why, why I haven't called him colonel. Um, yeah, he's a good, good Nazi villain. He, he always has, like, whatever his uniform is, it's always, like, a little bit fancier or a different color mm-hmm. to, like, let us know that he's, like, like Mr. Dragon Nazi. So, yeah. He's, like, uh, well, I'll get to him when I get to my, my ranking. My number seven is uh, Julian Glover as Donovan. Mm, okay. Yeah. Number seven, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm. All right. Uh, number six, that's Sala. Gonna oh. Give it up to Sala. Lost his brother's car. Had to get some horses. I like how, like, there's no real reason for him to be in this movie. But I don't think you're complaining. You know, I just realized that Saul is not actually on my list at all. <laughs> He's got the move where he punches the one guy through the newspaper. Yeah, yeah. Well, which is the run. Yeah. What? what? Run. What, did you yes. say run? Yeah. <laughs> uh, my number six apparently is named Vogel. He's the Nazi colonel. He's got such a great look. Like, uh... uh He's like the closest a, a, the Nazi can get to like a, their Darth Maul look. Like he's so distinct, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I just can't imagine this guy having like a, like a domestic home life. He's just so so perfectly evil Nazi guy. What's your uh, what's your number five? Oh, number five. Uh, I've got Elsa number five, Doctor Elsa Schneider. So do I. Yeah. Um, I like I said, I like her character overall. She's not totally evil. She's kind of a femme fatale, and she's. You know, ultimately her, her fate is, you know, her own vanity or whatever, you know, she's, she, she wants the grail too much, not necessarily for power, but just, it's like a symbolic to her, you know? Well, I think in a way that holds up to, to us as a modern audience now too, is you can't look down on her too much for that only because moments later, Indiana Jones falls mm-hmm. into that same trap. Yeah. yeah. And, and would not have, would not have survived on his own. So I think. 
that's an interesting perspective for her. I mean, yeah, she's she she works for me. Uh, she's got a great look throughout, and she's you know, for all we know, she's quite capably as smart as Indiana Jones. Like, she's obviously a doctor mm-hmm. of something in archaeology based. Um, you know. Uh, so yeah, and then I had uh, Don Bennett four actually. Hmm. I, I don't know Julian Glover as a villain. I feel like you got to get this due. I just uh, I don't know what it is about him that doesn't want me to, doesn't want me to rank him higher. He uh, it is funny that he has the you know I, I told you not to trust anyone. Very similar to uh, Littlefinger, you know, another Game of Thrones reference there. Mm-hmm. Well, he he also <laughs> can I just say I did warn you not to trust me. <laughs> like he. I almost wish they had given him a little more focus as a villain. Cause he, he could have really dominated and been a, a demonstrative villain. Cause he even has the classic in the castle where like the chair turns around <laughs> and it's him. I mean, that's a great villain trope right there. Um, but also something about his affected American accent. Like it's just too apple pie <laughs> for me. Well, it does uh, make me wonder what, um, who, who is he exactly? Is he, is he secretly German? Like, is he just an industrialist? Like, why Why does he command the Nazis? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Just some kind of collaborator. I mean, I presume he's some kind like of... Like, made a deal with Hitler to get them the grail or something like that? I mean, presumably whatever... What do you say? Like, uh, uh, engineers for one of his projects unearthed something? Like, mm. uh, so he obviously he's some kind of, like, wealthy American businessman. So he might, yeah, have been secret, like a sleeper, sleeper mm-hmm. Nazi... And they kind of imply that he's a traitor, yeah. So yeah, um, his general politic vibe reminded me so much of uh, uh, Timothy Dalton, a Rocketeer. Even though I know mm. Timothy Dalton's character is actually like a sleeper Nazi agent. Are we ever going to do the Rocketeer on no. Headcanon? Not unless they make a sequel. Oh, what a shame. Uh, my number four is Marcus Brody. Mm, okay. If for nothing else, as as much as we've praised him so far, the way he rides the horse out of there. At the end. <laughs> oh, I love it so much. Yeah. Uh, my number three, I've got Young Indy. Gotta give some props to Young Indy. I think River Phoenix is just great. Eerie. So do I. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It seems like the perfect spot for him. It's, I, you know, they're, they're doing a young Han Solo. I, I don't know if they'll ever be as successful as they did here. I mean, he he died too soon, but I think River Phoenix would have been a huge, you know, star. Like he'd he'd basically taken all of uh, like DiCaprio's roles, probably. You know. Well, no, it's actually quite the reverse. DiCaprio got all of his roles. Like basically, if oh yeah, at, yeah, sure. If you look at the two year slate of his career that River Phoenix had lined up when he died, all of those roles went to mm-hmm. DiCaprio and Brad Pitt. Like he basically created them. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like. He he would have been one of those huge actors, just like Harrison Ford. That the kind of actor you would need to, to have the kind of charisma to replace somebody like Harrison Ford. I yeah. don't know if this dude they found for the Han Solo movies is even going to come close. I guess we'll see. I you know I like that guy in the the last Coen Brothers movie, but I just don't see him as uh, Han Solo. Yeah, I've whatsoever. only seen him in that Beautiful Creatures movie, in which he is terrible. Oh, I forgot that he's that guy. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. We shall see. There's a movie that's a failed franchise. God. <laughs> Jeremy Irons and Jeremy Irons, who like does an accent half the time and mm-hmm. his Boris Karloff voice the rest of the time. 
Uh, my number two is Indiana Jones, you know, present day to the movie. Okay, interesting. I've got uh, Senior there, Henry Jones Senior as number two. And um, I have Senior as number one. Obviously, yeah. Why did you put him as number one? Um, Some of the stuff of Indy and the I don't like fast women and the, the exchange with Elsa there in Berlin. I mean, it's it's very deserved. It's, I, I kind of like that he's not... He, even with the stuff of Marion in the first movie, I like that he's not this perfect, you know, like like square chin good guy. Um, but I really enjoyed. I forgot how much I enjoyed Sean Connery as the dad. Um, and he's he's to me he's very much against type of, of what I think of the Sean Connery role. So I wanted to kind of bump him up to number one. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I mean um, they're the two stars of the movie, you know. Yeah. So they, yeah. they're going to be one and two in in some order. Um, have I had Indy at number one in all three of mine? It might have. I mean, mm. It is an Indian Jones movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they really play off each other well. Yeah. Well, like I said, I think they do the exact same dynamic they have with Indian Willie Scott. And I think it's fascinating that it's father and son. Well, I wouldn't say the exact same dynamic because I feel like Henry Jones brings a little more to the table. And yeah, he has more background. True. And, and more... Like he's he's resourceful in his own way too, whereas so, I feel like Willie never really seemed to do much except scream. For the most part, yeah. I mean, I I, I guess their banter feels very similar to me, um, you know. And also, they really replicated the sexual tension. Well, <laughs> <laughs> the constant like his like little bag and umbrella is constantly like either slamming that into Indy's hands or like slamming yeah. it into his dad's hands, you know. Well, and then. I almost was like a sh- or sad that they uh, they actually used the umbrella with the uh, the seagull because I kind of <laughs> just like that he's just dragging around for no reason whatsoever. He just you know he's a smart guy doesn't leave his luggage behind. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I guess they asked him back for uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and Sean Connery is like no thanks. Well, because, he's I guess pretty much retired at that point. He was retired. From what I remember from reading about the time, it was basically like he had two scenes. Where he was basically like, "Okay, you guys are going off on an adventure. Have fun." Mm-hmm. Like he was, it wasn't significant at all, and so he kind of just sent them a letter saying, "You know what? I like the character the way he stands." Yeah. Well, I mean, this movie has by the end of it, it's like Indy and like three like companions there. I think you maybe start to see a little bit happen in the Crystal Skull, where there's like all these sidekicks. Yeah. You know. And that's that's a. I mean, we'll get to it. That's mm-hmm. a glaring error, I think. Um, in that movie. Well, there's like two dudes there who are just like, why are they in the movie? Well, as much as I love John Hurt, his character is just dead weight throughout most mm-hmm. of the movie. Yeah. And then there's however you stand on Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on his neck like a lion. Um, all right. Well, any last thoughts on Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade? No, it's been just a fucking pleasure to be watching these movies so far, though. Uh, it's... <sighs> I feel like these movies hold up in my nostalgia better than, say, the Back to the Future movies. I think I would say so, yeah. Um, There's no super egregious rape plot line. You're right. It's definitely a positive. But it's... Um, but I think the, the filmmaking is just better. I mean, it's not... Zemeckis is no slouch or anything, but, I mean, Spielberg is a master for a reason. It's really on display in these movies. Yeah, I mean, like, fuck. Like, all the movies that Spielberg could have done that he never did, like... I was just thinking about a lot of the movies we've done in Head Cannon, like the older movies, even the 
somewhere in between older and now, like the Harry Potter movies. And, and there's an interesting, like, darkness of childhood that's been mined in all these movies or, or something that we didn't realize as kids, you know, back mm-hmm. when we were watching. But, you know, anyway, so Spielberg, Spielberg directing a Harry Potter movie, I still think, man, that would have been so good. I mean, well, the, the Haley Joel Osment of it all would have been bad. That would have been bad. I, if, if you had Spielberg with the same cast, yeah, I think that could have been very interesting. I mean, it's it's something we don't really see a ton of anymore. You know, like at some point we're going to do the Marvel movies. And with the exception of maybe Guardians of the Galaxy and like Iron Man 3, those are not really uh, like filmmaker movies. You no. know, there's not a lot of like auteur happening on those. Uh, which is fine, you know. It's more, it's more like a TV show essentially, and they're they're fun movies, and I enjoy them. But it's it's not the same. Like when you watch one of these movies, and you just see that stamp that the director has, and the kind of the careful detail of the way it's shot and whatnot, you know. Which is interesting because I feel like there's much more of a of a a personal stake put onto Serenity by Joss Whedon than obviously mm-hmm. his two Avengers movies. I mean, I think I think the stamp of Joss Whedon in those movies is really the script. Well, yeah, um, his his grant his stamp is also always going to be in the script and the dialogue. Um, but uh, you can make the argument that DC has taken the opposite, you know, angle with their attempt at. An well, they auteur. they've tried to, yeah, and yeah. instead they hired Zack Snyder. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, if you thought we weren't going to shit on Zack Snyder one more time, you were deadly mistaken. So I guess we're doing Crystal Skull next. Yeah, I think we need to. Our 25th episode. Yeah. Happy anniversary. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've only watched that movie once. I saw it in theater, and it's just like, huh, okay, that I was a movie. You know. <laughs> and I never uh, watched it again. Same, I saw it in the theater. I didn't hate it, though. I just didn't love it. I was just, I felt like kind of like numb to it afterwards. It was like, well, I guess that happened. It's, you know, it's like, I don't really feel like I need to see it again. It's it's a mixture of the embodiment of being an adult and going back to that that playground you loved as a kid and seeing it for what it really is. At the same time, it's the trying to sell you what worked in the past, you know, and it doesn't quite work in the future. Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what our modernized yeah. six years later or eight years later what we think of it. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, we did have a few reviews I wanted to mention that we've gotten over the past uh, month or two that I keep forgetting to do. So thank you to the reviews on iTunes from uh, Fireheart fourteen. Feliz13579, uh, Shaylianne, maybe Vanderjesus, and uh, Tafretch. Uh, thank you to all those, all five-star reviews. Really appreciate it. If you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us on Twitter at HeadcanonPod. Our website page is broswatchpll2 slash headcanon. Uh, any final thoughts, Marco? Uh, looking forward to uh, getting back to PLO. Yeah, one month away. And there might be at least one, maybe two more episodes from us re-PLO before that. All right. Well, until then, bye-bye.